Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 391. Today, I am tackling the resume rules that no longer apply. Uh, First, I want to ask for your forgiveness because I am dealing with a cold season that just won't quit over here. But what I have to share today is really, really key for anyone on the job search, on the job hunt, who wants to make sure your resume doesn't make you look antiquated. Because I have been coaching a lot of job seekers in the past decade, everyone from recent grads to C-suite executives on how to write their resume for the modern job search. And you know what? There is one thing that professionals from all walks of life have in common. So many of us are following these supposed rules for resume writing that just no longer apply and frankly make you look really out of date. So today I want to review the resume writing advice that will keep you and your quest for your next job in the dark ages and break down what to do instead. So there are four rules that I want to break down today and demystify that no longer apply. Rule number one, that your resume should fit on one page. This is simply no longer true. Not even is this advice really good for the recent grad. A study from Zeddy.com analyzed over 133,000 resumes and found that recruiters are twice as likely to pick a two-page resume as opposed to a one-page resume, even for entry-level positions. They're 2.9 times more likely to prefer a two-page resume for managerial roles and 1.4 times more likely for entry-level jobs. So don't try to cram all of your experience onto one page, especially at the cost of a legible font size and ample white space on the page, both of which are critically important for reading comprehension. Rule number two to retire is that you should be writing your resume left to right, margin to margin, just like a normal document. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you received a postcard or a pamphlet or some piece of marketing collateral in the mail that had text written all the way from the left side of the page to the other? Odds are you don't get marketing material that looks like that, and there's good reason for it. The human eye tires when reading text all the way from one side of the page to the other. You're not putting a resume together like a memo for the workplace or like a book where someone's settling in to sit back, relax, and read for the next hour. You know, the simple solution to make your resume easier to consume by the person who's likely just skimming it to decide whether or not they want to even consider you further is to go with a two-column resume format. This structure will immediately make your resume easier to skim by creating cognitive chunks 
out of all of your resume information, which is just easier for all of us as human beings to begin to make sense of and put your experience into context. After all, your resume is simply a piece of marketing collateral designed to showcase your skills. So let's design it as such. In today's corresponding blog post, I want to share with you an example of one of our recent hired Job Search Accelerator alums, uh, whose before and after resume is such a great example of what a two-column resume format can do for you. On the left-hand side, you'll see the before version, which is great. The same information is there. It's just written in such a way that looks like a really formal, very daunting, hard-to-read piece of information or, or document with text from left all the way to the right. On the right, you'll see a much more refreshed, modern, approachable, skimmable version containing most of the same information as that first version, but using a two-column resume format. Rule number three to chuck in the bin is the idea that you have to stick to chronological order. Sticking to chronological order has so many of my job search clients in a complete chokehold, which is a real shame, especially for those who are looking to transition industries or make a real radical career change. I want to free all the job seekers that I work with to lead with what's most relevant, not just what's most recent. Free yourself to format your resume into multiple experience sections, leading with the experiences that are relevant to the kinds of jobs you would love to get. So the jobs that you're actually applying to. So instead of having just one generic category called work experience or work history or just plain old experience, I want you to think about bringing meaning to how you're bucketing or grouping all of your varied experiences together over the course of your career. For example, if you started your career off in healthcare and then you spent some time in the government sector and now you're applying to jobs in the healthcare sector, once again, you're returning to healthcare, lead with your section called healthcare experience and put those jobs, even though they weren't most recent, they're most relevant at the top. And it's not to say that you're not going to also include your most recent government experience, but put that second, right? You can absolutely add a section below it called government experience or policy experience or whatever makes the most sense for describing and, and characterizing the nature of that experience. And it's not that we're trying to be disingenuous, right? I'm not saying that you should hide what's been most recent on your resume. You still want to include the dates associated with each position, but you simply do not need to put every work experience you've ever had in chronological order. Think of it this way. Everyone's skimming your resume before they decide if they want to read further. So whatever included at the top the top of each page, the top of each section with a title like healthcare experience or, or government experience is so much more likely to be read. So don't bury the lead and include your most relevant experience down below if your most relevant experience might be in your past, your, your deep past work history, but is directly connected to what you're applying for. Don't make them do unnecessary work. They're not going to read it all. So start with what's most relevant, not just what's most recent. 
My final rule of resume writing that should absolutely be retired is this idea that you have to list your entire mailing address. I often hear from our hired clients, well, what should I put on my resume if I'm temporarily living with a family member? Or what if I'm living in New York, but I'm looking for a job in Los Angeles and I'm ready to relocate tomorrow if I get the job? Or what should I put down if I'm just uncomfortable sharing my home address because of my personal life or my experiences or whatever? Look, there is no reason that you should be putting your full home address or your full and complete mailing address on your resume. All you need under a simple little contact section, again, if you're using a two-column resume format, this is a nice little uh, section to include in the smaller column, maybe at the top left or the bottom left or bottom right, depending on which side has the smaller column. But just have a little contact me section on your resume where you include your email, for sure, your phone number, if you're comfortable including it, your LinkedIn profile URL hyperlinked, highly recommended if you want to leverage the full power of LinkedIn, which I talked all about with Justin Wynn on episode 254 of this very podcast. And then next to that basic contact information, add your city and state. And that's it. That is all that is necessary or expected these days. Uh, Listing your entire personal mailing address can feel like a safety risk for so many of us who are putting our resumes all over the damn place, right? These are documents that we're submitting to tons of opportunities, sometimes even posting publicly on our LinkedIn profiles or personal websites. So free yourself to keep it vague, be strategic, and be thoughtful about what you're willing to put down there. There is no need and no obligation to share more than you're comfortable with. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think about the modern resume realities that I discussed today? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What rules of resume writing do you want me to tackle or debunk next on this very podcast? Let's keep the conversation going in the Bossed Up LinkedIn group, which I'll drop a link to in today's show notes. And until next time, let's keep bossing in pursuit of our purpose. And together, let's lift as we climb.